If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we answer fitness questions. And in the intro, we have fun. We talk about current events, our lives. We mention one of our sponsors. Here's what we talked about in this episode of Mind Pump. We started by talking about the three-string guitar. I can't remember the name of it. It's the Lug. There it is. Uh, Justin got one for his boy so his son can rock out. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about... Jam. I talked about a study on preterm babies and music. Uh, this study shows that uh, sh- having your baby listen to music matures their brain a little bit faster. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Adam brought up the down under donation dildo. I guess somebody's <laughs> put together a uh, fake penis. Yeah. However, help is uh, provided to raise money for the fires over there. I talked about the connection between the cannabinoid 2AG, that's a natural cannabinoid, and stress. And that t- uh, got us talking all about cannabinoids uh, like CBD and others. Uh, I talked about how a follower um, solved her sleep paralysis issues by using. Uh, full-spectrum hemp oil from Ned. Um, and then Adam talked about how it relieves anxiety for his dogs. He puts a little bit of the Ned full-spectrum hemp oil in their dog food, and the dogs seem to settle down a little bit. Now, Ned is a company that we work with. They make a hemp oil that's high in CBD, but also contains all the other functional cannabinoids, including the terpenes. Now, remember, studies show the ones that show the best benefits from CBD are the ones that show CBD being in the presence of other cannabinoids. Ned does this, and we have a discount for you. Go to helloned.com forward slash mind pump, and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Then I talked about fat tongue. Apparently, that's the reason why obese people have, uh, or more likely to have sleep sleep apnea. Um, I talked about an article that said that watching a movie is as good as light exercise. Uh, If you think that's baloney, it's (laughs) because it is. Uh, Adam brought up uh, an article talking about how Tesla... There's a program on there. I guess it can make it the car fart, which is kind of yeah, interesting. I think they're bored. We talked about the new Nike digital shoes. You can change the way they look with an app, which is kind of interesting. And then I brought up a segment on one of the, these books that I'm reading right now that talks about solvable solvable, excuse me, versus perpetual problems. Interesting part of the episode. Then we got into answering questions. The first question, this person wants to know, do you travel with supplements or do you just take that time off? So we talk all about supplements, their value, what they're good for, what they're not good for. And we talked about one supplement that we travel with almost all the time, which is Organifi's green juice. It's very difficult to get vegetables when you travel. Sometimes that can throw your digestion off, and oftentimes you feel it in the in your energy, in your vitality. Well, Organifi makes a green juice that's easy to travel with. You just mix it in water, drink it, and you get a dose of healthy vegetables and greens. Now, Organifi is one of our sponsors. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off their green juice and all of their other products. The next question, this person wants to know what we think about the ketogenic diet for building muscle. So you may have heard of the ketogenic diet, low carb, high fat diet. Get jacked on fat. Uh, There are some benefits, uh, but does it benefit building muscle? The next question, this person wants to know, what do you do if you're plateauing in a specific body part? So let's say the whole body is responding, but there's one area that is not. What can I do? So we answer that. And then the final question, this person wants to know, if we recommend using body measurements, so measuring your waist, your shoulders, your arms, your legs, is that a good way to measure your progress? Also, this month, MAPS HIT 
is 50% off. This is our high-intensity interval training program. Now, HIT is one of the best ways to burn body fat in the shortest period of time. These are short, intense workouts designed to burn the most body fat. It's a short program. It's only six weeks long, so you get in, you get out, get the body to burn body fat, get leaner. The program includes exercises, blueprints, everything you need to do a successful HIT workout for six weeks. Now, here's how you get the 50% off discount. Go to mapshit.com. That's M-A-P-S-H-I-I-T.com and use the code HIT50, H-I-I-T-5-0, no space for the discount. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. Oh, shit, Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week. We have two winners for iTunes, two winners for Facebook. The iTunes winners are Rocky Willis 27 and Saxaw. (laughs) And for Facebook, we have John Michael and Dallas Deadman. All of you are winners in the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. What are you guys doing this weekend? Are you one of you guys going to go stop and see uh, Shabby at all or no? No. 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 Oh, oh, I you're wish. Not, you're, yeah, you're, no. I'm, no, no. I'm, I'm, my, uh, my youngest birthday uh, this weekend. So oh, it is? Oh, right. Yeah, we're taking him. He There's this new place that opened up kind of near a Costco where we're at. It's um, it, It's got climbing walls. It's got uh, like a parkour thing, but it's all uh, under black lights. So it's it's kind of an interesting concept. I don't know. Like I've never seen anything like that. Sounds before. safe. Yeah, totally. It's um, it's risky. Just make sure you make sure you bring a clean shirt. Don't grab, don't grab the wrong one. Yeah. Imagine showing up, you just got splotches like just oh god, all on your back, oh. especially like your lower back. Guys, you just got splotches. Guys walking in with his yeah. wife, and she's got a few of them on her. Neck. Oh my god! Oh, that's, that's, like, hey, Karen, you had a big weekend. Eh? Did you? Did you <laughs> my cut, god, mom, did you put lipstick on with a highlighter? What is that? <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So that's fun. Did so, you rah, rah, did you get fun. him the uh, guitar setup? Yes. Oh, you oh, did. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, I, I do remember that. What is this? Oh, so like, so I got my oldest one of those Lug guitars, which is like a three string guitar. It's like kind of sets oh. you up to learn the basics of chord structure and whatnot. Has, has that been around forever, or is that a new thing? No, I never knew that. This is like a yeah, a new it's cool smart. startup company, and um, I actually read about them. I think it was like uh, one of those like like Fast Company or one of those kind of like uh, entrepreneur magazine type. Uh, you, you know things, and so I found it, and I was like, "Oh wow, cool!" Because it's simple. Because the, the thing is, like before that, I had them kind of mess around with the ukulele because it's like four strings, and so this was three, but it also you tune it just like a guitar, and then it has an app that coincides with it, so it makes it fun, engaging, more like kid friendly. So this is a this is a guitar that was invented to get. To, to kind of help people learn the guitar, so it's like yes, training wheels. Literally, yeah, yeah. It, wow, it, it, it's a lot like when we saw those Strider bikes, you know, that don't yeah. have any uh, pedals. It's it's kind of the same concept with with a guitar. What's it called? Uh, Lug, L O O G. Oh, I dude, believe. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually wanted to reach out to them because I, it's it's a great concept. I think that any anybody any parent that has a kid that they want to get them into music i think this is a cool like a fun engaging because i mean kids dude they they want something that's almost like a game or they want something mm-hmm. that's on your foot like so it kind of incorporates all that stuff oh that's cool you know speaking of music um i had this article that i wanted to share with you it's the one i was asking you about adam when i was asking you how you know how many weeks 
Oh, um, when Max was born? Yes. Um, so they did this. This There was a study that showed that- He was really- He was a whole month on the dot. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they were showing that uh, preterm babies, um, because when they do- Now, here's the thing with these statistics. There's stuff that needs to be teased out, but what they find with preterm babies is that they're higher risk later on for attention deficit disorder and you know certain other things, right? So saying, okay, it, it does it have to do with brain development early on? And uh, they were, through this study, they found that sh- having preterm babies listen to music, uh, both to go to sleep, to relax, to wake up, they used you know uh, music that was made from like flutes and acoustic uh, you know instruments. They found that that helps increase uh, maturation of brain regions in the brain that uh, preterm babies tend to not have as developed. So by having them listen to music mm-hmm. when they're right afterwards, mm-hmm. it accelerates their brain development. Oh, mm-hmm. good! How awesome is that? That is awesome. And you, you guys play music for like all the time. That's so great. All the time. That's so great. Yeah, it's kind of like a what when he comes. So first thing in the morning, like this, this Katrina does this. Like she'll, <laughs> I get woken up and like here's your kid. <laughs> you know, that's how she wakes me up in the morning time. Yeah, because uh, we're in the separate rooms, right? And she'll come walking. To, that's for her to go take a shower. So she normally wakes me up about a half hour before I would normally get up. And sets him on, sets him on. But in the morning time, he's great. Like he's like super playful and fun. So I could be like half awake and like laying next mm-hmm, to him and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like he's I love to pull grabbing your cheeks. Yes, and yeah. my my beard. Like he like now he's got the point where he can. Oh yeah, curse. oh yeah. Love to they figure that out. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's looking more and more like you. By uh, the way, you know either I'm, the pictures you're posting, it's starting to look. Finally, like I'm finally have personally having that. Of course family and friends it's you know it's it's hilarious like every time we see somebody everybody from my side of the family oh my god he looks just like you everybody from Katrina's side of the family oh my god looks just like Katrina looks nothing like Adam like so there you hear that all the time and I've been like "Ah, like thank god yeah I don't know I don't really I don't really see any of it yet I feel like he's because he's he's changing a lot right now uh especially in the last month or so and recently have I had moments where I feel like, oh wow, he looks like me now. Like I haven't, I personally haven't really felt like that until right about now. Mm-hmm. Right about now, I see like his cheeks and eyes all coming in, and there's photos of me, and there's photos my, and he looks a lot like my dad, uh, uh, my real dad when he was uh, a baby. And so I've seen a couple photos of him, and there's there's I've got shots of him like looking up at me, and I'm like, oh shit, he looks just like my dad. Oh right yeah, he's, so, he's such a cutie. Yeah, he's starting yeah. to. But it, in regards to the study, the things about these types of studies you have to be careful with is they'll show like you know kids you know preterm are higher risk for you know uh, ADD or whatever, but it's hard to tease out because I think a greater percentage of preterm kids are born in kind of stressful situations. Whereas you guys had a very healthy, you right. know, everything was very healthy or whatever. But I thought the music thing was pretty interesting because we've been speculating for a long time that playing music for babies mm-hmm. helps the parts of the brain that process music, which is a lot of the brain, yeah. develop faster. That's always a been sense. a tale, you know, everybody said, but like, you kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, but but playing classical music during those those developmental you know years or or you know the beginning stages of development it it seems to really pay off. Well, there there are other studies studies that show that when kids learn music, they get better at math. 
Yeah. They get better at doing math. Well, I've thought about this a lot, actually, because like the time signatures and the way that like the beats hit you and it's it's something that that is easier to enter your subconscious. So it's like it almost like there's a rhythm and there's something to math. You're Mm. subconsciously counting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. You're subconsciously counting when you if you can dance to a beat like you are, whether you think you are or not. It's like when you're talking about somebody throwing a baseball, you know, it's like all these like calculations, the way that you have to kind of predict where to put your hands and all that stuff to react. Like, I think it's there's a lot there that can be received, uh, you know, like, and you don't have to really consciously like focus on it. Was, it, who, was it one of you guys that, that talked about that? That was like a couple of years ago. We brought that up when uh, they someone read an article that said how how much math the brain is doing just to catch a baseball. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Or to throw something and yeah. be accurate. It's yeah. insane. Oh, it's crazy because, uh, you know, especially to hit a moving target, humans. One of the skills that we possess naturally better than any other animal is to throw with accuracy. We're the best at it. I mean, you could take a baby, you could take a child, have them throw at a target, and they'll be more accurate than you know 99% of the animals that are out there. Then they hit a moving target, and we became good at it, right? We had this overhand throwing position, throwing spears at running animals. But if you do the math... The calculations that are required to know when to throw, how to time it, do you it kind of happens naturally. Do you think that's why uh, quarterbacks tend to be one of the smartest guys on the team? <laughs> I, there's something there, right? I, I honestly think about that. Yeah, mm. I mean, you can you can kind of react, uh, and I don't know because I, I have met some pretty dumb quarterbacks too. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I mean, <laughs> th- th- there's exceptions. Maybe at like the lower level, right? Like yeah. if, in order to get to the highest level, there's probably not really that many quarterbacks. Don't they also? They're usually the smartest guy on the on the team. Yeah, like usually. Don't they also run the plays and stuff though yeah, too? Yeah, okay. they, they have to memorize all of that. They have to read defenses and, and the, like to your point. So here's the thing that that's what why I think they're so sm- smart is, you know, you've got to you've got to know the play, so you have memorized that. You have to know everybody else's responsibilities if you're the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you don't just know what you need to do. I need to know. Here's my four wide receivers, my fullback. I need to know where they're this all going to be. Yes. And then then to your point, I've also got to throw this ball on a, at a moving target and I'm also yeah. thinking about the defense and where they're positioned like so many it's a variables lot of, a lot of math going well, on yeah and, and I think to that point it's they have the most homework so it's like they're the ones like constantly they work the most you know like they're the ones that have to stay later break down film you know analyze it like relay that on to the receivers to the linemen to make sure everybody yeah but it's I mean I, I had a little bit of that on the defensive side but it's not even near as complex as you know the quarterback's responsibility well, so my daughter was on a field trip a couple of days ago and they went to NASA and they had this and they had a great field trip by the way NASA is a great place to take uh, to, to do a field trip because they actually cater to the kids and they have this like this, this teeter-totter looking thing where one person sits on one end and another person sits on the other end. Uh-huh. And then they spin it, not super fast, and then they have the kids try and hit each other <laughs> with beanbags. So as it's spinning, they're <laughs> really? trying to throw it at you. And what they're trying oh, to illustrate is how difficult it is so to, land. to launch yeah, a yeah. rocket that's on a spinning planet, to land on another spinning planet that's moving in an orbit or whatever. Yeah. They were trying to explain. And the math is insane. Yep. It's absolutely insane. It's crazy when you think about how we were able to do this before modern computers. You know, we were able to do this back in, you know, when we launched and we put a man on the moon. The amount of math required to like calculate exactly how to, you know, the, the how to hit the moon in the right way or whatever land on it was, was just insane. Yeah. What movie is that? That's a good movie. It just you just reminded me of the movie. It's um 
God, what's that called? Doug, do you know what movie I'm talking about? And it's, no. uh, it's, it's, I, I want astronaut movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the one about the, the, the female and she was like a, and she was a mathematician. Oh and, yeah. 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 Sign, not signs. Uh, 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 no, do you know what I'm talking about? No, Jodie were... Foster was no, 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 no. contact. Yeah, contact. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. She's in the gyroscope. It's way more it? recent than that. I can't think of. No, her... you're talking about the women that were responsible for a lot of the calculations. Yes, that yes. Had to do... yeah, yeah. I don't know the name. Oh, is. yeah, yeah. There's like three black ladies, and they were they were like they were they had fought to get involved. They were part of Houston. You know, where yes. everybody there was a supporting. There, and they the, fought the to get involved in it, and they did, and they made yeah. some of the greatest impacts on it. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, I never saw that. Yeah. Now trip off like this. The, the, the hidden figures. That's it. Is that the name of it? Yeah, pull up the picture of it. I think that's what it was. Hidden figures. Yes. I still like Contact though. So yeah. whatever. Contact's a good yeah, movie a too. Movie. Have you seen this one, Justin? No, if you haven't I haven't seen this. Yet. If you haven't seen this movie, it's incredible. I mean, yeah. that's not the cover of it, is it? That's no, but that's that. It is that. That's movie. a scene where she's talking. Yeah, there yeah, it they, is. yeah that's it. Yeah, right there. Oh, yeah. Good no, movie. yeah, I definitely want to check that. Really good movie. Well, and trip off this. The the computing power that you have in your phone is is more. Than the comp- all the computing power that it took to put a man on the moon. Well, I think so that, all of that combined. Isn't that what really spawned the conspiracy thing uh, that we even landed on the moon? Because it's like the math, the the type of technology required for you to get there. It just doesn't seem plausible, yeah. you know. Because like they had like barely like an Apple IIe that they're looking on the screen and like trying to <laughs> make these mathematical calculations, you know, to, to get there. It we just had sounds some, we crazy. had a lot of smart people, you know. Yeah. I, when we were so motivated, yeah, the Cold War was a very interesting time in, in American history. We we had nukes pointed at us and pointed at them that would have destroyed the whole world. So we put a lot of money and effort into the stuff that we thought would make us, you know, beat them or look superior or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this whole, you know, NASA and getting out into space, getting out the satellites, getting out into the moon, a lot of that was also to show the Soviet Union oh. that if yeah. we can do this, we could launch a it rocket. It was literally capitalism versus communism. Like, oh, yeah. uh, that yeah. was like the you know the root of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who won? Speaking of smart, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking <laughs> of smart, did you see the uh, down under dildo? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, I just think I mean I think that's clever wow, as shit. I appreciate that transition. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. Uh, yeah. It was a uh, more and more people. You know, you brought up Sal. I think it was Sal that brought up a couple of days ago the girl that was sending the nudes for, for uh, donations for yeah. donations. She raised like eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And these I, I don't think they're that high. I think they're closer to like thirty. Thirty to fifty thousand dollars, but still thirty to fifty thousand dollars in dildos. That's a lot the, of dildos. The down under dildos. Yeah, so, yeah. What, what, is, what does it look like? It's called yeah. a down under donation dildo, and it's a hundred percent. The proceeds are all going uh, towards the fires. Uh, but I thought that was pretty like clever. A, like a so, giant kangaroo that's ready to. So it goes down under. So you. now, <laughs> now that I, I see some of this stuff popping up, and I'm wondering if we're going to continue to see more and more. I, I'm really curious, and it doesn't matter because it's going to help. So who cares? But how many people are are doing it because it's a smart business move, and how many people are doing it because they're truly uh, trying to help? Look well, at this thing, right? like they're oh, opportunists. Okay, hold on a second. Right, I gotta right. explain this. There's a there's a co- <laughs> there's a koala bear at the base <laughs> of the dildo. The bottom uh, of it, the bottom of like it, Australia. Yeah, it's the continent. Right it's there, shaped yeah. like Australia. That, um, I mean, you know, there you go. Isn't that great? It says helping has never felt so good. <laughs> so good. He's never felt so good. Yeah. What a great tagline. Yeah, yeah. Great marketing. It's, it's got the bushfire appeal. 
Yeah. <laughs> Bush fire. Man, there's just so much there. Well, uh, you're right, Adam, because let's say 100% of the proceeds. Oh, 69000 right? So, $69. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, how much it costs. Uh, yeah, I read an article that said how much they had already, how much they had already, uh, how much they had already uh, donated, and it was it's up there already. How dude. big is it? Is it talking how many more size? innuendos can you smash yeah. into this I'm thing? asking for a friend. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's you know what? You're right, Adam, because let's say you make a product like this, right? Yeah. And you don't, and it's to donate, and all the money, all the profits mm-hmm. go to, to donate. But now you have a bunch of customers' emails and contacts and whatever, and the next product you come out with is something that you make money off right. of. Right. It could be a very smart strategy. Oh, yeah. I think it is. Just wait for a natural well, disaster. Well, <laughs> I'm impressed at all the, the you know, remember the whole prepper thing in the uh, the Aztec calendar and all that. Like people are still making tons of money off of just like, you know, buying like excess like canned foods and like, you know, first aid kits and all this kind of stuff. Like that's still a big thing. Yeah, really. it is. Do you guys have, do you guys have an earthquake kit? Do you guys have all like stuff safe? Yeah, that? I have one. Just It's basically just a little mini survival kit thing. It's not, not that robust. Dude, I had bought uh, a while ago. I had spent, um, I don't know, it was like 300 bucks on this buckets. There's like two buckets, and they contain like these super high calorie, high density meals that you could, you didn't need fire or anything to prepare. Mm-hmm. And when I got the buckets, I was like, oh, cool, we got these at Save Them. And um, I looked at the, the ingredients, mm-hmm. they're all dairy. I was like, damn it. If something uh, happens, <laughs> something happens. You're shitting your brain. Yeah. You're alive, but diarrhea. I'll, yeah, I'll, I might survive, but I'm not going to be very happy. Like, oh, my family won't In be there. In a world with no more toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> no! Yeah. How did you guys survive? You know, I don't know how we survived with this guy's farts <laughs> over here. Yikes. Anyway, I, was, uh, I got a message from uh, one of our listeners who used uh, the Ned Hemp Oil to cure, so this is an anecdote, so I want to preface this by saying, um, I'm not saying that this is a study that shows this works, whatever, this is somebody's actual anecdote, but this woman uh, suffered from sleep paralysis. Do you guys know what that is? I mean, does it imply what it actually is? (laughs) I'm just imagining not being able to move my arms and legs. Have have you guys ever experienced that, by the way? Where you you wake up? Well, I've woken up and my my arm fell asleep because I slept on it and I can't move and it feels like paralysis. No, no. I've woken up, like it's like a half state. Like, I I feel like I'm kind of awake, but I'm not. But then like, it feels like somebody's on my chest and I can't move. So I've had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not just at that party, remember? Yeah, that was that that (laughs) one little. (laughs) No, this is where you. you, you, That's the unmentioned. So. You wake up and you're half awake. You can hear what's going on around you, but you can't move. And then you get this feeling of immense, impending anxiety and doom. It's a very frightening mm. feeling. I used to get it uh, when I was a kid. It's also one of the reasons why I can uh, lucid uh, dream. So I could do lucid dreaming where I knew I'm controlling. The, yeah, but wow. but part of the reason is because of that. When I was a kid, I'd get that a lot, like halfway you're, you're asleep. Powerful, dude. And I felt like I couldn't move and it would scare the shit out of me and I'd cry or whatever. My mom would come, you know, tell me, ask me what happened or whatever. Anyway, this woman has it and it's a shitty thing to suffer from as an adult. She said taking the, the hemp oil got rid of it. Wow. Completely. She, totally. She just goes to sleep. She doesn't get in that halfway kind of limbo What space is that? Is that a neurological thing? Like, what's happening there? Well, so uh, I was reading a, another study on um, a, a, a natural cannabinoid called, called 2-AG. So it's one of the cannabinoids that we produce naturally. And they've connected it uh, pretty, pretty well now to uh, anti-anxiety effects, to lowering anxiety. In fact, they've done animal studies where they've 
eliminated the animal's ability to produce this particular cannabinoid. Works on my dogs. And really? Yeah. No, it's I, it's well, one of the main uses that I how I use Ned. Aside from myself, when I occasionally use it, anytime that we travel, uh, or if I know I'm having like a bunch of people over at the house and stuff. Yeah. The 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 bulldogs, and I, it's I think it's a breed thing. I think they're already considered like dogs that have a lot of anxiety. They get super anxious. Bentley starts panning like crazy, and like I've noticed your dog's breathing real hard. Yeah, yeah they just they get they get like overly excited, and you know one of the best things that I've found for them is, is doing that. What do like, you just put in the dog food? Yeah, I just do like one full dropper of the the hemp oil, and I'll put it in their dog food or on a treat or something like that. Soak it up, and then now what do you notice? They just calm down. Yeah, they're just calmer. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't get it. They don't get as high strong. So I mean, it doesn't sedate them or anything like that. It That's just, just the, yeah, yeah, they just seem to be calmer. And again, it's anecdotal. Like you said, like I, it's hard for me to measure that. Like how much is it affecting? But I mean, I know my boys. I've, for a long time, I didn't have this at my disposal. Well, that's so. the number one number one reason why somebody would use uh, a full spectrum uh, hemp oil with CBD in it is for anxiety. By far, that's the top selling reason uh, why people get that. Do you think your dogs are like that because they're so um, like empathetic? I notice your dogs are very good at feeling what's happening. You know what I mean? Like they'll come up to you. They want to be touched. They'll notice if you're sad. They'll notice if you're whatever. Well, they're you think one, that, that's what makes them anxious. Sure, when a lot I'm of sure. Yeah, I mean, they're one of those breeds. Like I've had a lot of different breeds uh, growing up, and of all the breeds that we've I've had, um, I, they for sure are the most like connected to humans. Like I just feel like they have human personalities. Uh, it's really funny in comparison. They're like little kids. And I've had really smart dogs. Like we've had German shepherds before. We've had labs retrievers. Like. And those are all like smart dogs and loving and and compassionate, whatever. But uh, the the bulldogs have like this; they have this real human like personality that's really interesting to me. And they do, and they get things that that will they get irritated and piss them off. Like they'll yeah. do that. Like they act out because of it. Um, when we they, go, they remind me of like little George Costanzas. They're cute, but they're like kind of hey. Yeah. And, and then, but in the same token too, they're uh, you know the baby comes in. I was concerned and worried, but man, they just they kind of fall right into suit, and they they recognize right away that he's he's small and he's the, fragile. The video you posted of uh, somebody was feeding. Maximus something yeah, 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 yeah. and he had some food on his like face or whatever mm-hmm. and the dog is like so gentle he just goes oh, yeah. up and kind of licks it off his face a little super super gentle like he knows yeah they know he knows we're dealing with the baby and the, the crazy part about that is that they're not gentle dogs in fact they're big and clumsy and you know they accidentally can hurt you because of how how physical they can be but they do they're, they're real docile around around him and it's like they know you know so it's cool how it's- do they respond when he cries so it's it's a trip when he cries, uh, especially if we like because we do this when uh, when he cries at night when we're putting him down we do like the, the ten minute cry method right so we let him cry for ten minutes, and the boys will go upstairs so Katrina and I will be downstairs we're watching him on the monitor and kind of watching the time like okay we'll go up here in a few more minutes, but the dogs will go up and sit at the door. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah yeah they'll go up there and sit at the door like to let us know like hey something's wrong or something's and he'll they'll just sit there and wait and then they'll come in the room while you're trying to calm him down and they'll just be sitting by wow. sitting by his uh, his crib watching. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how people can argue there's not a hierarchy of animals. There really uh-huh. is. I mean dogs are on a whole different level. I yeah. told you Courtney's already pulling my leg to try and get another one to oh. try and help calm my dog down because he's, really he's just he's just uh, like a. Tasmanian devil of energy. Would you get another same breed? No, 
No, but we're. I God, mean, that would be a lot. To y- have yeah, house. but I mean, if they, you do kind of need one that will will you know stay with them in terms of like the energy. Like if we're gonna let them loose and like I want them to play and like wear each other out. Like that's that's the mm-hmm. ideal goal for it. If that was gonna be a thing, and it's like I can if 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 she can kind of work her you know sales skills on me and like <laughs> which <laughs> you know it's gonna take a while. My sister, it, my sister had one uh, the Weimaraner with uh, wiener dogs, dude. And they were great. I saw that. They yeah. were a great match. I love man. which dogs. actually is what gave Courtney the idea. So thanks, Cassie. I appreciate yeah. that. Man. I love those. Yeah, but dogs. you're better off with a little tiny. No, dog you're right. Yeah, house. like that's for sure. No, and to have one that's sort of—that's the thing. I'm like, maybe having one that's sort of chill will kind of like feed off of that, and then one crazy, one chill, one crazy. You know, who knows? Yeah, Jessica and I are so opposite when it comes to. Dog- I like small dogs, and she likes massive huge dogs. oh really she loves akitas yeah i like big she dogs. likes mastiff oh Mastiff's. wow she likes the big big dogs. big dogs yeah she likes the big horse dogs and i'm like yeah, That's a, yeah we'll see about that we'll see. Great, <laughs> great danes dude those are awesome yeah. anyway uh i was reading an article on uh, obesity and its connection to what is that sleep disorder when people wake themselves up because they can't breathe uh, uh they have to wear sleep, yeah sleep yeah. apnea so you guys know how obesity is connected to sleep apnea. And oftentimes you go to the doctor and you say, when they do the sleep test on you, they say, okay, you have sleep apnea. They pretty much assume you have it if yeah. you're obese. They'll tell you to lose weight. Yeah. And for a while it's been speculated, like, why is it that being overweight causes sleep apnea? Is it the extra weight on the chest, just the body fat in general around the neck? Like, what is it? They've identified exactly what it is. You guys want to- Exactly? Yeah. An enlarged uvula? No. Oh. Fat tongue. Fat tongue. Yes. Oh, see, I was close. You're, you're, you actually gain body fat. I didn't know this. No way, It blocks dude. the airway. You gain <laughs> fat on your tongue. And so they've identified that, no that's, way. that that's the problem. Really? Yes. yes. I want to see fat people's tongues now. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm curious. And it, it makes me, you know, you know how you have like your your disposition to gain body fat in particular areas. Like some people might be I would g- not have considered that. Yes, that's weird. One hundred percent. I would have not considered that either. That's interesting. I didn't real. I, you know what? And so, it, of course, it makes sense when you say that. So look what it says in this article: reducing tongue fat via weight loss <laughs> may be an effective sleep. So maybe you get liposuction on yeah. your tongue, or, or start doing those like you know those folding tongue. You know, can things, you do that? Tricks can can you do? get liposuction on your tongue? Yeah. I don't think so. Why not? I'm I mean, so, I'm maybe write an exercise program with if it a gets, cherry. If it gets fat like anything else, why couldn't you suck some of the fat out? You might be able to, but I mean, if you you imagine doing liposuction on a tongue, especially mm. in the back, because you know how long your tongue is, it's a lot longer than what you think it is. Like that could that would be a tough recovery. Lipo's violent, bro. You ever watch a video on Lipo? Yeah, no, it's disgusting the way they do it. Do they? It's uh, a fucking. Oh, uh, they're not gentle. They don't give a shit. No, no yeah, it is. It is a. It is a violent. Uh, just. Creates a lot of damage in the body. I watch. I watched this video one. I mean, oh, they yeah. open, and they're this, in there. This is a, a, a recent discovery because I've never heard this. Yes, dude. Right. This is pretty recent. Yes. Yes. Wow. Isn't that funny? I. You know what? It'd be. I'm really curious to see the things that come out now to to help it. Right. Like you're. You're probably gonna see like these mouth guards that like pin <laughs> pin your tongue down or hold it in a certain position. Or <laughs> yeah. there's got to be some stuff like that. Now they're that. gonna come out with spot redu- reducing tongue exercises. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try this exercise. You know, strengthen your tongue. Yeah. I remember. I, I, rem- I, I wonder. Maneuver. I wonder what percentage, uh, you know, of your like your tongue fat goes up when the rest of your body fat goes up. Like, is it is it is it a direct, you know, connection to oh, if you increase ten percent body fat, at least you know one percent uh, well, higher in your tongue. Like, yeah. you know, what I just it- thought about right now. 
Um, have you guys ever heard people? Okay, have you ever heard someone talk? You don't even need to look at them, and you could tell they're obese. Yeah, yeah. Because they have a, they sound like they have a fat tongue. Biggie was like that. Yeah. Listen to Biggie. Listen to his songs, and you don't, you, you know, his, you can hear he has a fat tongue. Yeah. Mm. It's like, in the, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. thinking because it was the huskiness, you know, like the, ugh, like yeah, the big maybe the barrel chest. Maybe. All right, yeah. another another article for you guys. This one, let's see if this annoyed you as much as it annoyed the shit out of me. So here's the title. Here's the the article headline itself. Um, it says that watching a movie at the theater qualifies as light exercise. <laughs> what? Yeah. Qualifies as Who's light writing exercise. Because you had to get there from the parking lot? No, dude. This is this is the For kind what? of because of the stress that could go up and down because it like makes. It so like, here's here's what it, here's what the 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 stu- so this is researchers you're pretending to be the people on the screen. Yeah, re- no, people are watching the movie. So researchers at the University College London came to that conclusion because they studied 50 people. They put biometric sensors on them to track their heart rate, oh, all Lord. while watching. The movie Aladdin, 2019 remake uh, of Aladdin. Wow. For 45 minutes of the movie, the viewers' heart rates rose 40 to 80% higher than their maximum normal resting heart rate. And they said that, hey, that's that's like do, you know equivalent to doing exercise. Yeah. It's not. It's not equivalent to doing exercise. That's fun. We are Just because your heart rate went up doesn't we are mean you're on our way out. to Wally, dude. What's happening? For sure. <laughs> if, we I, say, if we're justifying that already, everybody's like, well, wow, if I just watch eight hours of movies a yeah. day- that's like two hours of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're, you piss off your Bunch wife. Bunch of chase scenes, you know, like I got my cardio in. You get in an argument with your wife afterwards, like, look, babe, it's uh, at least we worked out, what, you know, because we were just pissed off. Who who puts together something like that? Well, that was at University yeah. of College. Uh, it was University of London, or hold on, let me University see what the name of was. College. Yeah, That's, University College London. Are we really yeah, there now? We're, about, we're, we're out of things right. to study that much that we're doing things like that? Mm, it's I don't so feel stupid. that way. It doesn't, so you can't- they put equ- money into this. You can't equate the- effects of exercise to your heart rate. I mean, no. that's part of it, but just because your heart rate went up, I could give someone caffeine, their heart rate goes up or whatever. Are they burning more calories? Tiny bit because of the beating heart, but it's not going to make a difference. Weird, dude. Such a weird... You know, it's weird. Uh, Tesla will be farting soon. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Google Wait. that, Douglas. Oh, wow. Tesla farts. What? Why? Yeah, the, like the new Tesla car is going to be able to fart. From the down yeah. under Dillo to what? Tesla farts. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I'm I bringing random this. ass Why would today? they program today. a Tesla to do this? I have no idea, dude. I have no idea. And well, I, uh, I saw, too, an article on Alexa, Alexa in the new Lamborghini, but the Tesla farting thing I thought was interesting. So, so like the car is going to make a farting noise. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a soft. Is it a joke? Yeah. Because, dude, remember they had the thing where, <laughs> where, where it had like a whole uh, choreography where like the, the doors would go up yeah, and yeah. it would spin and dance. Play the music. And, and, and they were all excited about that. And you're like, what are you guys doing? Hold on. Emissions that? mode changes the Tesla's r- turn signal tone <laughs> to a fart. <laughs> <laughs> They just got time on their hands. I love this. It's, it's like a, it's like a Easter egg. Every t- yeah, yeah, every time you go to turn, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, they're just having fun. The different speed settings when they first came out with them. You know what the fastest one was, right? Ludicrous what? speed. Yeah, uh, you know yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's yeah. funny. Like an ode to baseballs. Uh, ode to baseball. No, no, it's clever. It's clever for sure. So this, so that, so on the lines of tech things like this. Did you guys hear about the the new Nike shoes that will be able to? They'll be digital. I forget. I wish I knew the name of them. I don't, I don't remember the article where I read it, but I know this, these are coming if they're not out already. Uh, where you are going to have an app connected to your sneakers, and you'll be able to change the design of them. It'll Whoa. be like, a, yeah, it'll be like an LED screen, and you'll be able to 
on so your... it's got uh, LED sort of uh, woven in yes. to to the shoe. Yes. What? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, what... maybe, maybe look up digital shoes, Doug, or something like that. What movie was it uh, where people were doing that? It was a sci-fi movie where someone could just Back they, to Future. They change their the shirt color yeah. every time they touch it. Was Are those it them? Well, it's Wally too. But I think yeah. so. Yeah. What's it called? Na- uh, Nike Adapt. Yeah, and I think that you can just like I think right now they have it to where you'll be able to change like patterns, but I mean it just this opens the door for the future of where you can turn going. them into Adidas if you want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I de- <laughs> that, would, that would be a funny hack though, right? If you're that a hacker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, jokes wow. on uh, you. That oh, looks that- really cool. That yeah. looks really cool. Anyway, um, you guys know I've been listening to that book, um, the the one by Dr. John Gottman, the the rules to successful marriage, something like that. Seven rules, yeah, right. to successful marriage. Um, there was a really good uh, topic he brought up on uh, in that book that I thought would be good to talk to you guys about. He talked about one of the biggest problems in relationships is are is determining whether or not you have a problem that's solvable or you have a perpetual problem. Mm. So like if you you know you and your your spouse are arguing over something, is this something that's a solvable problem right. or is it rooted in something much deeper? Like if you have a difference in in values. Right? Yeah, like or or, or like oh, hey, you don't help me, you know, you don't help me clean around the house house enough, can you help me out a little bit? Is that rooted in in me feeling like you don't respect me, you don't value me or is it just hey, let's clean up the house and then you help out a little bit? And so in the book, what he says is with perpetual problems, the key to success is to uh, is acceptance. It's to just you, you got to find a way to be okay with these perpetual problems because they're mm. never going to go away. Mm. And one of the the hallmarks of a perpetual problem is this an argument that you have? Is it an ongoing? All couples have them, right? The same yeah. argument that we argue about all the time. Yeah. And it's like at some point you got to just kind of yeah. accept it. Are you going to always let it bother you? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You guys ever hang around old couples that have been together for a long totally. time uh, yeah. and notice how they do that? They have perpetual problems. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think I'm an old couple, but I mean, Katrina and I have been together long enough now, ten years, where there's just certain attributes about the other, the other person that you just accept. That it's like, eh, it's not your favorite trait, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like you for everything else, you I'm make. I'm gonna a, get scolded for this. Yeah, you make it for, do it like, anyway. My the, Katrina because she's, uh, you know, she has a lot of tomboy uh, attributes, which I I love. Like I love that I can w- watch football with her. I love that she can talk shit. I love all these things. But she's kind of like messy, like a boy sometimes, dude. <laughs> you know, and that's like dry. And I'm super neat, and I like everything. But it's like okay, you know, because I have to come behind her sometimes and put her curling iron away. Is that is that a deal breaker? So you for just me? accepted it. Yeah, you just yeah. accept that that's part. Or I fucking hire a maid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like okay, well, I'll just budget out for yeah. that. That I'm gonna have somebody come behind us all the time and clean because she's not that way. Because I've been on the other side of the fence with in a relationship where. You know, I have a girlfriend that has that's super clean and needy, and she's on me about even being neater. And it's like, uh, it's not that big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If she's if she's fallen short on the other areas, so yeah, there's certain things like that. I think that's what makes a a healthy relationship, and I think that's also why two people should date for uh, an extended period of time before you decide you're going to marry someone because some of these types of things. Don't really start to surface until well, you've so been together a, for a that's while. A long, there's always flaws. There's a long stage in a relationship uh, where you're pushing and fighting each other over these perpetual issues, where you're it's like a power struggle. And the other end of it, which is if you succeed, is you just you're okay with them. You mm-hmm. just accept them. You know, yeah. like I'm forgetful. I'm forgetful as hell. I'm I'm very disorganized. Right. And it's 
just I work on it, work on it, work on it. And you know, I've, this, I've had this conversation many times with Jessica, and I'm like, you know, I'm always going to work on it. Uh, but this is what you who you know now is me. Already worked on it for the last 20 years. I don't know how much better it's going to get. Right. So it's and she's accepted a lot of it. You know what right. I mean? But it can be annoying. As well, happens. I think what makes a, a really good partnership too is like when you see those those traits and you accept. Not only do you accept it, but you recognize that. Maybe that's a strength that you have, and then that other partner can also relieve themselves of that. Like to your point, I'm the same way, Sal. Like, but they're organized, right? Right, and she's really organized. And instead, of, and I know that could probably annoy other people, but instead, like she kind of steps up to the plate and kind of mm-hmm. keeps the household organized and me on top of things and schedules and stuff like that. And I, let, I totally let go of it and be like, you know, you own that, and I'm okay with being mm-hmm. told like, hey, you got to be here tomorrow. You know, next Friday you can't do that. We've got this going. Going on because I know that. Listen, I'm not going to fight you on those things because I let you own that area. So, a really good partnership. I feel like, you know, you 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 recognize those those faults and maybe it's because you have a strength there. And then the, the partner kind of it's will- crazy, right? Because it's like we try so hard to change the other person when mm-hmm. in reality the answer sometimes not always but sometimes is to change yourself, mm-hmm. not change them, but change how you perceive it and how you can accept it. Anyway. Great book. I'm still. Uh, what book? Still, what book is it? it? This is it's the one by Dr. John Gottman. Yeah, no, I'm on the show. Yeah, man. I know. I know that's. What he's... Uh, oh God! If I, if we could, I've, I've been working on trying to, but yeah. I don't think he does interview. It's called the Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, and it's based off of you know decades of research that has been duplicated. Um, so behavioral studies, it's very hard to duplicate studies. They have a low rate of uh, of being able to do that. But his studies have been duplicated several times. And uh, through his research, they're able to predict whether or not a couple will be together or not with something like 90% accuracy by just listening to a five-minute conversation. Now, are, are you reading this or is Jessica reading this? You reading she this read together it, or, or is she telling you about she, it? No, she read it. Okay. Um, I'm in the middle of still going through it. Yeah. Um, and it was that video. Remember that video I sent you guys? Yeah. I don't know if you watched it, but I know you yeah, did. Yeah, Courtney and I watched it together. It was great. And it was just brilliant because some of the stuff that they say in there is counter to what you think you know, what you've heard in the past. Like, yeah. well, you're supposed to compromise. Everybody's supposed to do And he's saying, look, for some issues, that's not going to happen. Yeah. For some issues, you just you, you just accept to, it. or Yeah, that or you weren't meant to be. Or that, right? If you <laughs> yeah. can't accept it, then you're not meant to be. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from CMOS23. Do you travel with supplements or do you just take the time off? That's a great question. It it depends on which ones we're talking about. You know what? I actually take more supplements when I travel than when I don't. You do. (laughs) This guy, your travel pack. He breaks out one of those, uh, one of those ten gallon or or five gallon Ziploc bags, and he's got like all this. I'm (laughs) waiting for the time that we get stopped. Walking pharmacy stopped at the airport. No, I do too, because actually we can count on you probably to have everything. Personally, I would say the one that I most because things like creatine and performance stuff sure no need to take no i don't even worry about bullshit like that um but i'd say there's two probably uh my my vitamin d and then probably our our organifi green juice yeah uh the mainly because i know i need to be pretty consistent with my vitamin d 
uh, it's that's already tough for me as it is. So that's a consistent one that I, I bring. And then the green juice, because it's very, very rare that when I'm traveling, I have a hard time at home getting enough of my greens in on a regular base on a regular basis. When I'm traveling, it's it's almost guaranteed I'm not going to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I'll do greens. Also, do like elderberry or something to help boost the immune system. Like that's something I'm always conscious of. Like just traveling and being in the same fart box as everybody else, and like breathing all that same air and everybody's like bacteria. They're just slinging out there. And the so I've got one for you then. If that's what you do, I a little hack since you know we fly so much. I now take the green juice and uh, and then the um, immunity from them, and I mix them, and I freaking before I get on the plane. Mm-hmm. How's that mm-hmm. taste? That's just it's not bad at all. Oh, actually. Bad. Yeah, I mean the green's great. The the it's a little, anyways. No, <laughs> no, 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 it works. It, yeah. It's yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's not like fucking you know yeah. your your favorite pink lemonade or some shit. But no. it's, we've done a lot worse. No, because so when I when I travel, the two things that um, I consider are sleep. Because sleep is always off when you travel. It's harder to go to bed. We tend to go to bed later. Usually, if we're, if, if we're traveling, there's a lot of excitement going on, especially if it's for work. So I know by the time I lay down, it's going to be hard to get my mind to kind of wind down. And then the other one is, is, is vegetables, like you said, Adam. Really, really hard to get good quality vegetables when you eat out. And if you do get vegetables, either fried or covered right. in not even real butter. It's usually some kind of... Whatever oil, so and you get a small amount too, so. and you get a small amount. Yeah. And for me, I I need to have a certain amount of greens for digestion and just to feel you know good or whatever. Yeah. So I do the green juice uh, very regularly when we travel. Yeah. And then I do the gold juice at night uh, for the sleep mm-hmm. to help with the sleep. Oh, there you go. Or I'll also take melatonin. Melatonin I don't like to use on a regular basis, but occasionally I'll use it when I'm traveling. Um, and and then I'll use it when I get back. Melatonin is a great way to get your circadian rhythm back. In check. Yeah. So you take it like a decent, like a one gram, milligram, I should say, uh, dose right before you go to bed or an hour before you go to bed. I'll do the the CBD pen. That's what I like. Oh, that, yeah, 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 that's yeah. why it helps me sleep, yeah. actually. But yeah, if you're traveling for less than a week or a week, I mean, you know, you don't really need to take much. Well, here's the thing. That. We've talked about this before at nauseum. It's Supplements are such a small piece of the pie in the first place. It doesn't fucking make that big of a difference. So to... Travel with expect to me performance supplements is kind of silly to me to travel with. It's just like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think I, I see some value to somebody who knows they have a deficiency somewhere. Like for example, my vitamin D. It's like something I need on a daily basis. So I don't know. I feel like that makes sense to take something like that. Dude, and I and I think that if you if you know how better your digestion is and how you feel when you're regular with your your vegetables and greens and you and if you know you're probably not, I see value in that. But you know, creatine, branch chain amino acid, fucking protein shake stuff. It's like yeah, you when can, you're traveling, you're trying to maintain more than anything else. You're yeah. not trying to like yeah. progress forward. You yeah. should have seen how I used to travel. Oh my god! No, I, 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 I was bad. Your six pack bag. And no, like I would take. I would have uh, all my protein powder servings. I'd have pre workout servings. I've had amino acid. So and, and because the containers of Damn. those things are so big, I couldn't bring them in the containers. So it was basically just bags of powder. And many of them are white, you know. <laughs> I and just I'd, I just picture you putting all the powder in your mouth and then trying to put water in after. And, oh, that. That yeah, and I'd write on the bag like B C A A. You know what I mean? Because well, I mean, I guess I guess it really depends where you are too. Like in your, like for I think for all of us where we're at in our life and and fitness goals and stuff like that, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like even if I I mean we just we went on vacation and I didn't train once, mm-hmm. like uh, and it's. 
Not because I I couldn't. I mean, I totally could have made the time and effort to. Mm-hmm. I just thought I didn't give a shit. I was with family and friends. Like that never happens. Like I can't think of any other time in my life where I, we've had twenty two people that were all very close friends or family of mine all in one house together for a week and. You know, like I, I, I sucked up every bit of that time and enjoyed every bit of it. And honestly, like going to the gym for an hour, totally doable and could have been done. But you know what? I valued more that one hour that could have taken to go to the gym of more time with the, yeah. those family no, members you're to right. me. And yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And and absolutely today, what I look like, uh, I'm fallen way off in my in, in you know in my eyes of what you know what I look like and feel like when I'm in really shape, but. I, I'm not not healthy anymore. I'm like I'm a little softer than what I was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. But it ain't it ain't nothing that I can't get right back to within about a week or two yeah. of like dialed in. No, that's a good point, and I think it's important that you look at what the real value is of a vacation. Is the value of a vacation to you know go after my fitness goals? Maybe you if know, I was I, competing, yeah, maybe it'd be some, totally different. I know some people who love to exercise when they travel because it's when they have the time to exercise as much as they want. Mm. Um, but if you're like for me, when I go on vacation, the value is the people around me, enjoying the environment, what I'm doing. Now, if I travel uh, with Jessica, we both like working out. Oftentimes, what we'll do when we travel is a couple days. We'll wake up early to go work out, but that's part of the vacation fun uh, for us. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if you're on a trip. You know, because I've always had, I've had clients tell me, like, what do I eat? What do I do? And I go, just don't go crazy. But don't, don't be an asshole. Yeah, just go enjoy yeah. yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. 100%. Next question is from Shane O'Mac716. What are your thoughts on the ketogenic diet in regards to building muscle? I So ketogenic diet has uh, certain benefits for, for some people. One of them is not uh, packing on muscle. It's yeah. actually a difficult, can you build muscle on a ketogenic diet? You can. I've done it. Way harder to do, though. Carbohydrates make building muscle a lot easier. Um, you get you're stronger, you get better pumps, um, and I just don't. I just don't build as much muscle on ketogenic. It's hard to eat enough calories that, to gain th- muscle. That's the thing. I, I I think this this answer to this really depends on the person, right? Like uh, Katrina puts on muscle pretty well. Uh, harder for her to lose body fat. She does phenomenal on the ketogenic diet. Uh, she does mm. great. She packs muscle on. She leans out at the same time. She loves. She loves it. Uh, for me, it's the opposite. But I'm also the. I fall in the camp of people that struggled to build muscle most of my life. That struggled to get enough calories, uh, and eating uh, a diet that's high in fat and and uh, you know moderate protein, which are you know both very satiating. It was really tough, and I tried this when we a couple years back. Depending on how far back you've listened to the show, you know we we talked all about the ketogenic diet right when it was first starting to get popular, and we all decided to do it. And I thought it was a really good experiment, especially for someone like me who was at the time eating like you know four hundred to six hundred grams of carbs every day because uh, it would be such a shift for me. And I, I saw lots of great benefits I, uh, th- that I noticed. But one of the things that I struggled with was to try and put size on, mm-hmm. to put mass on. And it was mainly because I just – I didn't have the uh, – I just had a really hard time eating at that – and at that time my my maintenance – my ca- calorie maintenance was around you know 4,500 calories. That's a lot of calories to get through you know eating healthy fats – uh, all it's a day lot long. of fat. Yeah. yeah, you were eating like three hundred grams or something like that. And that's what that's what I found myself doing. I was like, this can't be ideal. It can't be ideal for me to be 
eating all of this butter and macadamia nuts and uh, you know just to try and hit this this calorie intake. Yeah, it was silly. Yeah. Honestly, like I you know started out trying to go through ketogenic and. It's, I mean, to be completely transparent, and honest, I found the the carnivore diet even easier than that, because it's it's, I mean, it's very straightforward. It's like meat that you know, because then I'm not like so concerned about like, well, I'm going over my protein amount, I'm going under, you know, over yeah. my carbohydrate amount. There's like this, like seeking out fat is is very challenging in terms of like the selection that's out there and is provided, but. Uh, I mean, if you pull it off, it's great. There's obviously other benefits to it that I think people probably want to focus on a little bit more in terms of like the neuroprotective uh, part of it, the lower information, like things like that. Yeah, that's that's why I'll do keto sometimes. If I go ketogenic, it's not to improve my performance uh, or build muscle. It's to reduce inflammation and feel mentally sharper. That's what ends up happening. So ketogenic diets characterized by very, very, very low carbohydrates, high fat intake, moderate protein intake. And because you don't have carbohydrates in your diet, your body produces what are called ketones from fat, either the fat that you consume or from fat from your body, depending on if you're a deficit or not in, in terms of calories. And those ketones are used for energy. And when the body uses ketones, you feel some people or most people tend to feel sharper and they tend to have more level amounts of energy. And there's also an anti-inflammatory effect. <clears throat> now, as far as muscle building is concerned, it's very tough. I've done this. I've had clients do this, and it's just hard. I just You just build more muscle with carbohydrates. You're stronger with carbohydrates. This is actually a fact. Um, now, unless carbohydrates bother you and don't react to you, there's always individual you know individuals that don't fall within this. But generally speaking, carbs also make you stronger. Um, so for 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 bulking or building muscle, unless the ketogenic diet here's here's how the ketogenic diet could help you build muscle. If it's the healthiest diet for you, so mm. if, if you have, if carbohydrates don't work well with your body for whatever reason, if you get infl really inflamed and your digestion is off and just doesn't work, then you'll probably build mu more muscle on a ketogenic diet. But if you're okay either way, uh, keto is not the best for for muscle building. Next question is from Trey Bell official. What should you do if you are plateauing in a specific body part? Mm. <clears throat> so. Without being able to look at your workout and specifically see what you're doing, uh, I'll give a general kind of answer. Generally speaking, uh, the thing that you would do if a body part is not responding is to train that body part a little bit more uh, with a little bit more volume, a little bit more frequency, and prioritize it in your workouts. Okay, so let's talk about those three first. More volume. You're going to do more sets of exercises for that body part than you will for your other body parts. And by the way... You can't – don't bump the whole body up with extra volume. It might be too much for your body to handle. Um, and again, we're trying to get a, a, a lagging body part to catch up. The second one is frequency. If you're training that body part twice a week, try training it three days a week. That's an easy way to add the volume too. So you got an extra day now of exercises and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then prioritizing it, train it first in the workout. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a big one. You know, If it's your biceps, it, I almost never recommend people hit their biceps before they hit their back. But if you've got great back development and your back biceps are weak, hit the biceps Don't first. you think, too, there could be a, a neurotic component to this? It, like somebody that's like, oh, my God, i got to grow my biceps. And then they're always doing, like, the same machines and they're always doing the same, uh, you know, isolating type exercises yeah. and not ever considering that just doing pull-ups, uh, you know, would, would have a, a better effect to them as well. Well, we uh, – shameless plug, but this is why we – 
created uh, Maps Black. Maps Aesthetic is designed this way. It's designed for somebody to follow the program, to choose one or two lagging body parts, or stubborn, whatever you want to look at, or plateaued in, and it's programmed for you on how we would attack it. Now, with my experience and what happens to most people, including myself, uh, with things like this, is you have a stubborn body part. Let's talk about uh, you know my calves for the, being one of those areas, and it really just to and to Sal's point, it wasn't a priority. It's like very few people train there three to four days a week, every single week, consistently, never miss a day, go for months straight in a row. And what ends up happening is life happens, you get sick, you you skip a few days, you go back to the gym. What I would do in my early 20s is when I come back, I always started with my favorite muscle group. Yeah. Where as I got older and I cared more about trying to balance my physique out and symmetry, I would always start back. So let's say I'm you you do like a body part split where it's, you know, legs one day, chest, then back, then arms and shoulders or whatever. And uh you you hit, you know, day one, day two, day three. Uh, and let's say day one is legs, and let's say that's your lagging body part. You hit legs on Monday, then you go to Tuesday, you hit Wednesday, you hit, and then you you have a, a two-day break. You just you fall off, you got to get consistent, you couldn't make to the gym. And then you most people pick up where they left off in their routine. I would never do that again. I would reset back to legs again. If I ever took a little, even a short break, I'd always start back over at the muscle group that I'm reprioritizing. So that way... I'm the total volume in a month. I, I'm always getting it what I at least bare minimum need or scaling up for the body part that I'm trying to prioritize. I think that really helps. Yeah, and you know what? Um, if people are really honest with themselves, oftentimes that lagging weaker body part is one that historically you just didn't train mm. as much as the rest of your body. You know, maybe now you're you're worried about the fact that your, you know, your back doesn't match your chest. But for the first, you know, three, four years of your training, you bench pressed all the time. You almost never did any back exercises. Right. Um, so you have to be very honest with yourself. Oftentimes, in my experience, a weaker body part is just due to that. It's due to the fact that, well, you actually never really trained this body part like you did some of your favorite body parts. I wanted to ask you, Adam, because I know that when you were competing, you went through a series of body parts mm -hmm. for you, right? What mm -hmm. were they? Uh, the very first one was my shoulders when I was doing a show. Uh, the second one was my back. Then my third one was calves. Mm. So that was kind of the order uh, during just in, during that window of competing where I like, okay, each after each show, I would assess my physique and I'd look at the, the body part that either one, the judges said something to me or two that I thought uh, needed to come up more. Mm -hmm. And then I would program it that way, which yeah. is what inspired the program that we wrote. Yeah, I mean, but, it's literally how I did it. But yeah, I mean, starting your whole workout with your weak body part, I bet you most people with a weak body part don't do that. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, how many people like- Well, it gets to respond. When, when calves became that for me, right? And it was a total shift for me. Never did I ever go to the gym and, it calves. <laughs> and calves was the first thing that I did. I go over and do the two, three exercises for that and then go to the rest of my- And I just was consistent about it. And- you know, it's it's hard to be consistent with that when 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 life happens, when you have not enough time that day or you miss a day, but when it's a lagging body part and you're really trying to bring it up. I, so I still do this now today with like my legs because my, my legs are behind on the rest of my body part. And so if like just we just had a break where, you know, we were off, I was off for over two weeks, 
Um, I don't even remember what I left off on, but it doesn't matter. I'm starting with legs. Yeah. It's lay and and bare minimum, even if I don't do anything else. And what might happen, like this week, you know, I got into the gym, I lifted one day. So far, uh, I plan to lift today. I'll do legs again today. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I, it, I'll definitely make sure I'm not missing the the area that needs the most development when I'm coming to the gym, even inconsistently. And that's just, you just got to focus, focus that way. Yeah. I think too, I definitely agree with you guys both, uh, in terms of lagging body parts, but in terms of reading this, like, it's just a, like a plateau that they're reaching within a specific body part. They've been trying to address. I think, you know, just a change of stimulus, you know, a lot of times, which we harp on all the time. I mean, that's yeah, something right. that we're just like trying to make sure we stay ahead of that by, you know, creating that in the programming of it. So the programming in itself is very crucial, uh, to then you know being able to bust through a lot of these like pitfalls that you get into. You're you're totally right. I, I know I know the angle. So the angle you're going is you maybe you plateaued in this body part because you've been doing the same reps, same set, or the so, yeah, same you exercises. You just focus on volume or whatever, but it's the same stimulus. No, that's a, that's a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. And, and it is you know sometimes I think we just assume that everybody who's listening is also following all the maths that's programs, true. which isn't true. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are doing their own thing and they're just taking our advice. Uh, the, again, a re, the reality, that's what makes the, the programming so special is you've got the three of us that with all the years of experience yeah, trying to think ahead for you. that have sat down and programmed it so these type of issues don't happen to you. And in a perfect world, you are. You're moving from one MAPS program to another MAPS program. And you're kind of transitioning in and out all the time. And if we've done a good job of creating those programs, you really shouldn't hit hard plateaus in certain muscle groups. The other thing that we're, we didn't say or address that could also be a possibility, and the most common one that comes to mind when I think of this is like your butt, uh, is just a poor uh, neurological connection to it. So sometimes you could be doing like, and I would see this a lot, like uh, with female clients of mine that are trying to develop their butt and they're doing lots of volume and lots of butt exercises but because they don't have a good connection there, what ends up happening is the legs just keep developing and they're not getting a lot of development in their butt, yeah. which is their goal. So this also could be an area because I don't know what we're, what body part we're talking about right now. It's less likely if it's biceps, right, that you have a poor connection to your biceps. Most people But are, if it's like lats or chest. Yeah, if it's butt. lats, if it's calves, if it's yeah. if it's butt, these are areas that it is kind of common that mm-hmm. some people have a poor connection there. And that could also be an area that needs to be addressed. And that's, you know, heading into the MAPS Prime type of area where you're focusing on that type of stuff. Next question is from Caffeine and Counseling. Do you recommend taking body measurements or is this a waste of time? I, I actually like body measurements more than uh, the scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason why I like body me- measurements more than the scale is because, you know, oftentimes you'd get a client that you'd be training them for a little while and they, the scale wouldn't move that much, maybe a couple pounds. And they're mm-hmm. like, wow, I, you know, I, everybody keeps telling me I lost a lot of weight. Like, how is this possible? The scale only says two pounds. I feel like I'm a lot leaner. Like, what's happening? Then I measure them and I'll show them. Right. Well, you lost two inches here. Yeah, you lost your waist. three inches there. Uh, muscle is dense and fat is less dense. And so a pound of muscle takes up less space than a pound of body fat. And measurements will show you what's going on when the scale may show you nothing's going on. Yeah, it's both sides of that, right? I have a muscle gain goal. Like it's going to show like the muscles if they're actually growing. Like that's a tangible thing that you can kind of lean on or yeah. whether or not like you're addressing your body fat issues like in certain areas of your body. It's it's just another piece of feedback, it's a, right? It's a metric. It's just, yeah, it's another. Aunt personally, uh, maybe when I was really, really early years, I started to, the thing that made me stop, I guess, 
Um, I remember it was a, a thing that happened to me. I remember the first time I got really lean and everybody thought I was bigger. You know, and I was yeah. like, "Well, what the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, here, I was measuring my biceps every week. <laughs> they shrank an inch. Yeah, they all shrank an inch, and everybody thought I was more jacked. And I was just like, "Well, what the fuck?" You yeah. know. So why am I taking all? Why do I care if my biceps go up one more inch if I create the illusion? So I don't know. Um, I, 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 but I, I'm the big tracker guy. Like I'm, I'm all about tracking everything. And I think the more metrics you have, yeah. uh, the the better insight you have on your body. And I see lots of value to all metrics, especially early on. It's That's just how I, I mean, I honestly, every client that I had like going forward at one point, I'm like, I just want to aggregate as much information as possible. So it's reference, mm-hmm. you know, points of reference mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be brought up constantly. Does it need to be a neurotic thing that I'm always like trying to hammer and address? It's just something that like, oh, well, let's go back and let's refer. Mm-hmm. But let's see where we've come. You know, if, if this is a question or something that's popping up, you know, I do have, you know, sufficient data to then pull from. Well, you know, as far as like singular pieces of information that can predict, you know, your health or predict, you know, health problems. Um, by the way, no single piece of information is perfect. You want to look at a lot of different pieces of information to get a good picture. But if you had to pick one, one of the better ones is actually waist uh, waist measurement, mm-hmm. just measuring your waist. Um, they find that your health is at risk in men if your waist measures over 37 inches and for women uh, uh, about 31 and a half uh, inches or more. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, they, and they they found that pretty strong correlation. I know Doug. I you know when I train Doug and Doug, do you still do that every morning? Where you weigh? Your I do. Waist? I don't like what I see right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I thanks gar- for bringing it up. I asshole. guarantee it's significantly lower than 37, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that, that's what I did. I measured it every day for a year and a half. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, it's a know. very simple way to measure because here's the thing. Like, let's say you're lifting. Let's say you're a man. You're lifting weights. You're gaining weight on the scale, but you're getting leaner. Your waist measurement goes down, even though you're building more muscle. I mean, obviously, in bodybuilding, um, one of the the, the the key things that they look for is a small waist. Mm. You know, with everything else. So um, that's so measurements are actually a decent way to measure your progress. But by themselves, they're not going to tell you you know everything. Obviously, I just think that I think all these things are great. There's a lot of people that crack on. Uh, the the tracking and I know right now I got a question the other day on my Q and A about you know what I think about is is counting calories that bad? It's what Instagram is saying right mm-hmm. now. Everybody is now jumping on the bandwagon of tracking food is bad or whatever. And it's like all, everything can become uh, addictive. Everything can become something that you become obsessed with, and it could have negative uh, impacts on you for sure. But I think if your approach to it is you're using all this information just to help get gain more insight on your own body and how it responds to things, and I think it's all good. And I think mm-hmm. uh, I think it's good for people to do it um, at the at the beginning of really learning. But you know, there comes a time where hopefully you you figure this stuff out. You understand what a protein is, a carb is, fats, how much your body needs, what happens when you do good on it, what happens when you don't do good on it. You have tracked your body fat percentage enough times to realize that, oh my God, my weight can be up, could be at the same weight, which I, this is why I love this. Like 
you know, I, I've I've been 220 pounds and had like five different dramatically different looks and levels of health. Like you, mm. so weight doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter that much. And and that's why I think it's important though to track those things because I wouldn't have known that had I not tracked. Sure. And it really kind of gives you more insight on oh wow that it doesn't just matter my body fat percent or it doesn't matter just my weight or it doesn't just matter my waist or what it what it measures. You start to put all that stuff together to have a better understanding. And then eventually you you, you become in tune and you feel yes. it. You could totally feel yes. it. So, so this is cool. Check this out. So according to the World Health Organization, your risk of metabolic complications such as type 2 diabetes increases when a man has a waist-to-hip ratio result of more than 0.9 and a woman has a result of more than 0.85. Explain that? Waist-to-hip ratio. No, I get that, but what's the? How do, what do they show? They divide the two. Okay. Yeah. So for a man, if it's uh, if it's more than zero point nine, your risk of metabolic complications start to rise. Obviously, the bigger you know the the the, the more the higher over that ratio, the worse. And for women, it's zero point eight five. And then a two thousand eleven review of studies showed that waist circumference and waist to hip ratio was had a more direct link to health conditions than BMI. So that's why I like you know if you had to compare the two measurements, body measurements mm. are better than than the scale. Um, so if anything's to, better than BMI. It's yeah, <laughs> almost. It's so stupid, right? <laughs> I'm surprised that we even still have those in, in well, offices, and we they, we're actually obese people. It makes sense. They just needed something simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, boom! Here's your BMI. It's yeah. an easy measurement. You're just heavy. Well, I don't and, have to do. Anything and when else. it was created, I would I would assume that uh, the population that was truly lifting weights and exercising was probably really really small. It right? still is. Yeah. Right. It still is. Right. Right. It is. It's if good. you to be lean and have a high BMI is still pretty rare to the point where if you get life insurance. You have to tell them. You have to tell them. You call them when they say your height and weight. Like, oh, but I'm athletic. But I, I have muscle. Yeah. Well, I remember that's why one yeah. of the reasons why we liked. Remember when we used to work with Health IQ? That was one of the great things. They were like one of the few insurance companies that like take that into consideration. That no, nobody's really looking after these people totally. that <laughs> that actually work out. Totally. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download all of our guides uh, and resources. They're all absolutely free. You can also find the three of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.